Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm John Lucier, and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us. And we're going to start off this episode by reading what the Lord said to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I just felt led to, to start off with that scripture because for anyone that is paying attention to what's happening in the world and the news and the media and the bombardment of messages and messaging that we hear, the plans, if you will, that people are trying to enact, let's not get discouraged, let's not be dismayed. But let's keep our eyes on the Lord. It says, there's nothing new under the sun. But all these things, these distractions, whether it's in increased gas prices, which when combined with all the other plans, is all but a reenactment, an attempt to reestablish the same plan and itinerary that was there with the election four years ago. It started one year prior to that election where they tried to implement these plans, have lockdowns, essentially, increase gas prices, attempts to mandate inoculations and vaccines and, and the like. all for a desired goal and outcome. But we have been given power and authority to bind and to loose. It requires us, though, to keep our focus on the Lord, to make the choice for Him and to be unwavering, uncompromising. That's what every distraction is about. It's no different than, well, if you go to Isaiah and chapter 36, talking about Sennacherib when he invades Judah. If we read that out, there is so much insight that can be gained that is also applicable to today. Sennacherib invades at the time of King Hezekiah and sends the Rabshakeh to speak to Hezekiah and to the people. And it's very interesting just exactly what is said. He acknowledges what Hezekiah had already done, how he had torn down the altars and essentially talking about the reforms, which you see in second Chronicles beginning in chapter 29, after he became king. He consecrated or told the people to consecrate themselves and not just any people, but he started with the Levites, those of the household of the Lord that whose job it was to minister to the Lord in his house. But he acknowledges how he had, in what was said, how he had done these things. He'd restored temple worship. He had set up structure that 
taught the people how to place the Lord first and how to be a people that were pleasing to the Lord, how to be a nation under God. And that's what the Rapshikas begins with. But then he also, after a time, he goes away. But if we really study this out between chapter 36 and, I'll say the first 13 verses of chapter 37, there are three attempts to essentially put the nation in despair. Acknowledges those things, but he, he tries initially to get them to compromise and says, the, even the first time, your counsel and strength for the war are only empty words. And essentially he tells them, if you would say, and this is in verse 7 of chapter 36 of Isaiah, but if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar. So he's trying to twist things. Hezekiah had made reforms again, as we just stated. But Rapshika was trying to create confusion and then even offered the bribe to get them to compromise. Hey, we'll give you horses. We'll pay you. We'll give you something of value, which then would have the people ensnared and entrapped and now beholden or subject to Sennacherib. And when that was that first attempt had passed by, he came again and spoke to other individuals, Eliakim and Shebna and Joah. And they didn't want to or they try, attempt, I'll say it in this way, they attempted to spare the people and not have them be dismayed or, or fall into despair from the words that were being spoken, even while under siege. But yet, Rabshakeh, the Rabshakeh there, he spoke in their native tongue. Well, not his native tongue, but for Israel, he spoke in Hebrew and he spoke louder. He became more emboldened and again was to put it in them in despair. And then that message was passed. Eliakim and Hashebna and Joah came and told Hezekiah what the Rapshakeh said. And as a King Hezekiah was distraught, he tore his clothes, put himself in sackcloth, and then went to go see Isaiah, the prophet, to see what the Lord would say about it. And there was also a message that was passed. So it was the third time that even after seeing Isaiah, Yet a third attempt to bring the people, all of them, into despair happened. And in that, as in Isaiah 37, beginning in verse 14, 
he starts entreating the Lord. Hezekiah does as he spreads out this, this message that was handed to him from the Rabshakeh. And which came from Sennacherib. And again, the Lord answered through Isaiah. But he acknowledges the Lord. And as he had previously, going again back to Second Chronicles, in the reforms of Hezekiah, again, he first told the people to get themselves right before the Lord. He says, oh, to get themselves right so they could have, if you will, the burnt offerings. But then he says, and this is in Second Chronicles 29, verse 9, For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his burning anger may, not, may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to minister to him, and to be his ministers and burn incense. And then it says in verse 12, the Levites arose, and it starts listing them out. But then it says how they went to King Hezekiah after they had cleaned out the house of the Lord. It says in verse 18, it says, we... Or sorry, then they went to King Hezekiah and said, We have cleaned the whole house of the Lord, the altar burnt offering with all its utensils, and the table of showbread with all its utensils. Moreover, all the utensils which King Ahaz had discarded during his reign in his unfaithfulness, we have prepared and consecrated. And behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. And that is when the temple worship was then able to be restored which is this really incredible time, but it's also what the Lord has been asking us to do as people who have stated that the Lord is our God and we are his people and for this nation. Because of these things that were were done, and of course there were sacrifices at that time, it's not about the sacrifice we are to be living sacrifices for the Lord. But it was because of those things a nation turned back or the people of God that said they were his people began actually living as his people without compromise. And not just in the one day or for one day or for one week or one month. This began as a, or became as it was always, the Lord always intended it for it to be, a lifestyle. They began to celebrate the Passover again, or it was reinstituted. Again, as I said, they destroyed the, the idols. They continued with reforms. And they consecrated everything to the Lord. And this is in Second Chronicles and then in chapter 32, after all that was done, Sennacherib had invaded Judah and attempted to undermine Hezekiah. But again, then Hezekiah sought the Lord. Again, through, well, the Lord himself, but also through the word of Isaiah. 
is how the Lord answered. And then the Lord moved on their behalf. So for us who are here, and if you're listening and you have a relationship with the Lord, that includes you too. You were always called and intended by the Lord to be one of his warriors, one of his mighty men of valor, to do great exploits on his behalf, to occupy the land until he returns for him and his kingdom. Let's not be dismayed in this. The enemy does what the enemy does. They attempt to put out propaganda and they, they do it frequently in an attempt to distort people's view or understanding. But for us, who are the Lord's, what will we do? What will we believe more? The Lord and his word? Or will we believe the word of those that are operating in line with the enemy? And by that I mean the devil, Satan, the adversary, and his fallen angels. Because remember, our str- we, um, we have the armor of God, and our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 makes that very plain. Who and what our enemy is. It's not against people. It's the powers and principalities in evil and wicked and dark places that use people that have decided to come in line with that that thinking. I'll just read you the verse from Ephesians 6. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then we're told told to put on the whole armor of God and to pray at all times. We're told in other places to be clothed in the Lord. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ is exactly how the verse states it. Jesus wasn't dismayed by anything he had to go through. He trusted the Father and the leading and guiding of Holy Spirit all the more, regardless of what people said or did. And we started with the words of the Lord to Joshua because they, as in the children of Israel, being led by Joshua, were about to do great exploits. They were about to retake the land for the Lord, which was part of their inheritance. But whether it was Joshua's day or in Hezekiah's day, the battle was the battles were the Lord's. And the Lord even demonstrated that in and through what he did and accomplished at Jericho. He did it also, as Isaiah mentions it, in Isaiah and Hezekiah's day. Where an angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And Sennacherib left. 
Nobody in Israel did anything as it pertained to war or combat or anything. They just trusted the Lord. They pressed on and in to the Lord. Above what they saw, above what they heard, above what they experienced or felt or what their emotions said, they clung to the Lord. They put their full faith and hope in Him. So I would encourage each of you, myself included, to do that very thing. Put our full faith and hope in the Lord, our trust in Him, because that is a display of our love towards Him and our obedience towards Him. And really, it's a reciprocation of the love He first showed us. Now, this nation, as we have said many times, is a nation from the beginning, the very foundation, is identical to the covenant that the Lord made with Israel. Where he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Well, our founding fathers said very plainly that we are a nation under God, which denotes that we will be his people. In order for that to happen, we need to first clean ourselves out. Instead of looking at all these external factors, and I'm not saying ignore them, we can understand what's there. But let's first clear out the internal things, the things within our heart that don't reflect the Lord's nature, character, and attributes. Let's repent. Let's scrape off the dross so we can be pure and blameless before our Lord. And after we've removed that log from our own eye, then let's go and help assist others and with the external factors. The things that would attempt to create a stumbling block or become a stumbling block, creating others to, to compromise and to become discouraged and dismayed, to attempt to get them off the destiny track that the Lord has for them as an individual and also as a nation. So I want to encourage each of you with that, that word today. And just thank you for pressing on, pressing forward in righteousness and doing justice for the Lord. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.